and welcome to Fresh Fusion, a weekly show where we discuss the business, the art, the ethics of content creation on the open web, and the Fediverse. My name is Jared White, and this is episode 107, From YouTube to Your Tube. Hello, everybody. Hope you're having an awesome week, the first full week after New Year's, getting back into the swing of things here. Hey, I wanted to start off today's show with a bit of follow-up from the Fusion Plus segment in the last episode. Uh, If you're not a subscriber to Fresh Fusion Plus, don't worry, I'll explain what I'm talking about here. Uh, So I had mentioned that I was planning to switch uh, where I post photography, uh, where I post my photos, which I haven't done a lot of for a while. Uh, I'm getting back into it now, which I'll describe a little bit about why, but... uh, I decided to switch from using Glass to post my photos, Glass being a, a photography social network kind of platform uh, for iOS and Android and the web now, I guess, but it's a paid platform, uh, so you have to be a member of Glass to use it. Uh, it's run by a small indie team as you know, a very much uh, bespoke alternative to Instagram. And I really like Glass. I like a lot of things about it. Uh, Their iOS app is really quite fantastic. But, you know, these days, I want to use networks that support ActivityPub. I want to use social networks that are part of the Fediverse. And that's what PixelFed is. PixelFed is to Instagram what Mastodon is to Twitter. Uh, That's sort of the basic explanation there. so yeah, I've I've used PixelFed on and off for quite a while, uh, just to kind of kick the tires and see what I think of it, and um, it's it's really getting good. It it's still missing a few features I like in Glass, and I believe the iOS app, maybe this is true for Android as well, is still being tested. It's not officially out yet, um, and there are some issues with the iOS app. It's it's there's some usability things that are a little annoying. But, you know, <laughs> you know what they say about real estate, location, location, location. I feel that way about PixelFed. Being on PixelFed and posting photos there, it's all about location, 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 because I can post my photos there, and then I can boost my photos from my Mastodon account and get lots of reach through that, and people can subscribe to me from all kinds of different services. I'm not just limited to PixelFed and and like one instance <laughs> even of pixel fed. So so that's why I'm switching and I set up uh, some scripts that I'd had that could pull photos in from glass and post them on my website. Uh, I updated those so that I could pull photos from pixel fed and add them to my site. So I have a link in the show notes to my official uh, pictures page on my website uh, where I'm pulling photos in that I've posted on pixel fed. And I like that. It's it's one of the it's one of the indie web ways of doing things. You know, there's there's kind of two ways you can do the whole indie web content thing. You can post everything on your own website and then syndicate those posts out to various services. The alternative is you post on some service and then bring that content back into your own website, kind of through an import process of some sort. And that's what I've done. Uh, And, you know, it's all custom code. This isn't something I can share with the world, at least not yet. Um, But uh, PixelFed makes it easy because they expose RSS feeds 
or Adam, I think the case may be here. Uh, but anyway, you can get feeds of all of the photos you've posted on PixelFed and, and use those feeds to pull in the content to whatever service you want. Of course, you, know, you have to be a programmer to, to know how to do that uh, unless you use some kind of service that, I don't know, can, can pull data out of news feeds and use that somehow. Uh, maybe there's some slick tool out there that makes that a little bit more plug and play. But anyway, this works for me and I'm very excited. So that's how I'll be uh, taking photos and, and posting photos online going forward. Uh, one of my uh, New Year's resolutions, if you will, I, I don't really do resolutions, I do yearly themes, but uh, but if I have a resolution, it's to do a lot more of photography this year to get back into uh, a, a really solid photography habit. And uh, generally that means taking photos in and around the Portland, Oregon area. Um, so that's what I'm doing now, and I'm making use of my Nikon ZFC camera, which is a really, really nice camera. Uh, it, it's fully retro-styled. It looks like an old-school camera with a lot of different knobs and kind of that, that styling that you expect to see in cameras from the 70s and 80s. Um, and I have a new lens that's, uh, what is it, 40 millimeter f2 i believe really really nice lens i'm so glad i finally got this uh, and it's it's just fantastic for street photography and and landscapes too to a certain degree so yeah i'm really happy with this lens i'm happy with the nikon zfc quick aside i finally did get a chance to go into my local camera shop and take a, a peek at the nikon zf which is the the big sibling camera to the nikon zfc the, the ZFC came out first, and it was such a success that they decided to do a beefier, full-frame, more professional-oriented camera in that vein, the Nikon ZF. Uh, and this, is, this has just been getting rave reviews. All the YouTubers out there, like all these different people reviewing cameras, they're raving about the Nikon ZF. It, it seems to really be hitting that sweet spot of, of you know, the cool factor, looking cool, feeling awesome in the hand, uh, you know, all, all of that retro styling and all of that kind of manual uh, knob-based interface for things like shutter speed, ISO, etc. cetera. Uh, it's really cool. Uh, great for vlogging because of the, the nice big screen that flips out. Uh, and yeah, you can just use all of these great Nikon Z lenses that are available now, plus um, you can get adapters for other sorts of lenses. Uh, and really, a, a camera like this, where it's it's easy to do manual shooting because you you know you have this tactile feel and all of the all of the different dials are just right there. Uh, it's it's really nice if you have any old lenses that you have to use manually. And I do have a couple lenses uh, that are from the old Olympus OM system. <laughs> I know I'm getting into the weeds now, so I'll I'll wrap this up. But anyway, uh, I can use those lens with an adapter and, and a camera like the the ZF or the ZFC that I have. Uh, those lenses feel right at home. So uh, so I've really loved this whole system. I just kind of got out of the habit last year, and also wasn't really sure what to do with the photos I took where I wanted to post them essentially. Uh, and now that I've decided to fully go into uh, the Fediverse with PixelFed and and do that, uh, 
it's been great. So very, very happy with that in this new year. We're sponsored this week by, well, me. <laughs> Listen, I don't run ads on Fresh Fusion. I'm not asking you to sign up for a meal plan or a mobile plan or a mental health plan, but I am asking you to consider signing up for my membership platform, Intuitive Plus. Look, I'm a cheap bastard. I don't subscribe to memberships, Patreons, what have you, just to support the artist. I'm sorry, I know that's a terrible thing to say. I pay for value. I pay for effort. If I'm handing you cash every month, I want real content. And not just crappy content either. The cream of the crop. That's why Fresh Fusion Plus exists. You're not getting the dregs of the show, the cast-offs after the main show is over. I like to think of the Fresh Fusion Plus podcast as the canonical version of this show, and the public free version is the shortened one. So if you want to start getting the full Fresh Fusion experience, with all of my thoughts and reporting on the timely topics at hand, sign up for Intuitive Plus and get your special feed URL for Fresh Fusion Plus, which you can add to your podcast player of choice. It's only $10.99 a month, or a discount off that if you subscribe six months at a time. So what are you waiting for? Sign up for Intuitive Plus at plus.intuitivefuture.com. That's plus.intuitivefuture.com. And now, on with the show. All right, so the main topic for today's show is having to deal with YouTube. As content creators who are also fans of the indie web and the new activity pub-powered web, the Fediverse, how can we start to wean ourselves off of this behemoth that is YouTube? It really seems like that's the last shoe to drop. You know, speaking for myself, you know, I, I'm totally off X, Twitter. <laughs> I'm totally off a number of other services. I'm off Instagram. I'm using PixelFed now, like I just mentioned. Uh, you know, I, I am on threads, but that's this new thing that, you know, is promising to offer Federation. So we'll get to that in a minute. But, um, you know, I feel like in many ways I, I can use indie web friendly tools. You know, I can run an email newsletter through a service like ConvertKit, which is very nice. Uh, just a bunch of things. But, you know, if I want to be big in video, if I want to be a, a video star <laughs> on the Internet, uh, how do you avoid YouTube? How can you do it? It seems almost impossible. But I thought I would go through a few options that, that we can start to look at here and, and kind of evaluate uh, you know, a possible strategy going forward. And this is all the kind of stuff I think about all the time for myself. And so I thought it'd be a fun thought experiment to, to go through it with you all today. So, of course, the first thing people will talk about uh, as we look at this new world of ActivityPub and Federation uh, is uh, the PeerTube software and services. PeerTube essentially being to YouTube what PixelFed is to Instagram and what Mastodon is to Twitter, etc. Uh, there are many different PeerTube instances. You can set up your own or you can join one that's out there uh, and then you can start posting. You can start subscribing to creators. Um, but it's all it's all federated, right? So I, I, on a particular PeerTube instance I might have joined, can follow folks on different PeerTube instances, and, and I can still get their videos and watch them 
and you can even follow PeerTube accounts from Mastodon. Uh, you don't necessarily get like a full experience that way. It's more just kind of a link to get over to PeerTube to watch the video there. But, you know, it's nice that all that kind of stuff goes out automatically. So that's the good news of PeerTube and what it promises. Uh, the downside is, well, <laughs> I find PeerTube to be the least impressive of the commonly cited services that are available in this ActivityPub world. Uh, I don't think the PeerTube UI is very good. I don't find it very attractive at all. I've gotten more used to it as I've been a member of an instance, but uh, I, I just don't think it's great. I don't think the public at large will see a PeerTube instance and go, wow, this looks great. I totally want to be a part of this. It, it's just blah. Uh, it It kind of looks and feels like, you know, <laughs> I hate to say it, but Open source software developed by programmers. Yeah. So who knows? Maybe at some point there will be sort of a, a design phase for PeerTube. Maybe some really top designers can get involved, whether that's voluntarily or or they get paid through some kind of, who knows, grant program or more contributor funding. I don't know. But I have hopes that PeerTube will improve down the road, but uh, the UI UX of it just isn't great. I've also experienced some real issues streaming videos off of PeerTube. You know, I don't, I don't know if that's just because of bandwidth issues or, you know, cross-instance glitches. I'm not, I'm not sure what's going on, but PeerTube kind of has this uh, sort of push-pull system where you can stream a video that um, might be... Uh, someone else playing the video, right? Like bandwidth can get shared among multiple peers and multiple viewers, I believe, is, is how it works. So um, in theory, that makes the system more robust. But in reality, I think the vast majority of videos I view, I'm the only viewer at that particular moment. So I'm not getting streams from a bunch of peers, you know? So yeah, the, the performance has not been rock solid. And to me, that that's almost a deal killer right there. Like, a, as a user, <laughs> to put on my uh, project manager hat here for a moment, as a user, I would like to play a video and not see buffering, right? Nobody wants that. That's, that's like the old bad days of the internet that everyone made jokes about. Buffering, buffering, buffering. We just don't get that anymore. We, we just don't get that anymore. When I go onto YouTube, when I go onto Netflix, when I go on any number of streaming services these days, you know, unless I'm on some really bad mobile cell phone connection or something, it just works. It just works. I, I, I'm, sh I'm shocked if I see buffering glitches and, and things like that. So to get that with PeerTube is kind of a non-starter for me. So it's a real bummer. I wish I could just emphatically say, Everyone switch to PeerTube. Let's all join PeerTube instances or start our own and, and you know, make video happen here just like we're making uh, photography and microblogging work. But it's, it's not there yet, unfortunately. All right, so where, where else can we look? Well, you know, one of the things that's blown up on YouTube, and of course we, you know, see all of that sort of thing on TikTok and other services, but... Uh, talking about YouTube here, uh, lots of folks are posting shorts, short videos on YouTube, 
and, and getting a lot of reach there. And, you know, it's kind of nice if you want to use your phone to post videos that way and, and do the, the phone, you know, vertical video sort of vibe. Um, so I've been thinking about this and I've been thinking, you know, if there's anything that Meta knows how to do, they know how to build a service that scales, right? They know how to build online social networks and online services that scale. And Threads has really been impressive. Like, technically speaking, set aside however you may think about, you know, Meta the company and moderation issues and policies and Mark Zuckerberg, like, set that all aside for a moment. Just technically speaking, like, the launch of Threads and how they've scaled and how they've been able to roll out features and keep the whole service running and keep it running well has been really super impressive. And, you know, they're finally starting to, in earnest, try out Federation. You can actually follow a few accounts from Mastodon, and they're testing that all out, and they're they're going to continue adding features there. They're, they've really committed to this publicly over and over and over again. So I have no doubt that Federation, full Federation, is coming. Uh, now, you know, if you're on an instance, if you're on a Mastodon instance that decides to block threads entirely... Uh, that's one thing. But in a world where, in theory, you can follow accounts on threads, one of the things you could do with threads is post short videos, post short phone vertical videos. And the nice thing there is those videos can be viewed from other social networks, from Mastodon, etc. Uh, and you can watch those videos really easily. So I know this is kind of just substituting one behemoth for another, right? Like getting off of YouTube shorts just to post on threads kind of feels like, you know, out of the frying pan into the fire. But the thing you get with threads you don't get with YouTube is federation. So you can have a threads account that's just for posting videos and then boost those videos from your main account, if you will, on Mastodon or what have you and and kind of do do this one-two punch that way. And I'm looking forward to experimenting with that. I, I think I honestly will, not that I'm particularly into YouTube shorts at all or, or vertical phone videos at all, but I have really earnestly thought about uh, experimenting with, with posting videos on threads and federating them uh, once those features are available. All right, so that's one angle. Here's a totally different angle, and, and this is certainly a very nerdy uh, way to go uh, requires some some programming smarts, or you know, you'd have to hire somebody, I suppose. But uh, and this is essentially like, what if you just rolled your own streaming service <laughs> before you start like waving your hands around emphatically and saying, "Jared, what are you even talking about here?" Uh, there's a service called Bunny, Bunny CDN, uh, and they essentially let you just post videos and stream those out through embedded videos on whatever website you want. Any any web page you have any control over whatsoever, you can just embed a video that you've posted through Bunny CDN and essentially distribute that content to your audience. Uh, so I've done this. I've done this in a few different ways. I have some videos on my jaredwhite.com site that I've posted through Bunny, uh, either in addition to YouTube or or just exclusively, uh, and I've done this now exclusively with some videos at spicyweb.dev uh, for, for a web developer education audience. 
And I actually have some interesting stats that I didn't even think about until today when it dawned on me like, oh, okay, this is interesting. So I'd made a, a video, I believe back in March last year, and I posted that video on the spicyweb.dev site. And I promoted the video through the site. That, that's, that's how I spread the word that this video was available. I did not tell people they could watch it on YouTube. I did have a link on the web page down at the bottom saying, you know, watch this video on YouTube. But if you're already on that web page and you can already see the video up top that you can play, most people are going to do that, right? So, so that that video embed on that page uh, uses Bunny, and and more recently, I've created a dedicated videos page on the site uh, that's up in the navigation, and all those videos are all streaming through Bunny. So I have this video that was using Bunny, but I also had posted the video on YouTube and then didn't promote it. It was just kind of there. I didn't really do anything afterwards. I just posted it. So it could go out to anyone who had subscribed to my YouTube channel, the Spicy Web YouTube channel, uh, and you know any organic search that could work, etc. cetera. Uh, so, so since March of last year, leading up to today, I essentially had a video on my own streaming service, if you want to call it that, and the same video on YouTube and just, you know, see what reach you get through YouTube without really promoting it at all. And so here's what I got. I got 299 views. Not a lot, but not zero either. <laughs> 299 views through the bunny, through my own webpage, uh, that version of the video. And I got 160 views through YouTube. So that's 160 YouTube views, just pure organic reach, versus 299 views through the website that I promoted, and that used Bunny. Now, I don't know about you, but this tells me one thing. For a fair number of creators out there, if you want to promote your own content to your own audience and host that content yourself using tools like Bunny, like your own website, etc., and, and, and let those links propagate out through social networks, etc., you can get real traffic, and you can get real views. And if you're not promoting YouTube, if you're promoting that instead, you're going to get a lot of views. And those views might be more than the same video on YouTube if you're not promoting that specifically. So I find that really fascinating. Now, of course, if I had promoted the YouTube video, you know, and had gotten more views right out of the gate. Maybe that would have triggered some kind of algorithmic thing and YouTube would be like, oh, this video is, is starting to get some reach. We'll amplify it even more, blah, blah, blah. And maybe ultimately, you know, I would have gotten a lot more views in total, right? I would have gotten more than 299 plus 160, uh, which whatever that is. I'm not good at doing math on the fly, but maybe, you know, whatever total I have now between my own service and YouTube, maybe I would have gotten more than that exclusively through YouTube if I had promoted that. I don't know. I'd, I would have to run, you know, essentially a different experiment <laughs> and, and who knows, like, if that would really conclusively prove anything. Uh, but for me, I feel like, you know, I have what I need to know here, which is that uh, I can roll out my own service and use tools like Bunny and get real views and, and 
build an audience that way. And I wish more creators out there would feel the confidence to experiment with this. I wish more creators would say, hey, maybe I just won't put some videos on YouTube. Or maybe I'll still syndicate the videos to YouTube, but that's sort of the the copy, if you will. And the canonical video, the canonical place where this content lives is my own service that I run. I, I really wish more creators could have the confidence to go that direction. Uh, I realize that big YouTube creators are making money through AdSense, they're making money through sponsorships where they need you know, that juice of being on YouTube to, to make the sponsors feel like they're gonna get their money's worth, whatever. I, I realize that for, for big creators, this, this isn't a thing. On the other hand, for the really big creators, maybe it is. Like, I keep saying this. I keep saying, I don't understand why somebody like Casey Neistat still uses YouTube, right? Like, he could just create the Casey Neistat streaming service and post his videos there and get bajillions of views. Like, his audience would follow him. Uh, Of course, these days, he's not really posting videos that often anymore. It's very ad hoc. So, you know, that's probably not a thing anymore. But... Maybe a couple years ago or whatever at the height of his popularity. Like, I, I just couldn't get it. I, I couldn't wrap my head around, like, why does somebody like a Casey Neistat, you know, not just start their own service? Like, and, and substitute that for any number of, like, truly big creators that get, like, millions of views a video. Like, why don't they just start their own services? They would have complete control. They could post whatever they want, whenever they want. Uh, you know, they could market themselves through that. They could grow an audience around their own online business, around the content that they have complete control over. You know, they don't have to worry about dealing with any of the of the headaches that you get dealing with YouTube and YouTube's algorithm and yada, yada, yada. Like, I, I can't claim I fully understand this. Uh, so, yeah, I, there's there's like this large middle where I understand creators have to be on YouTube, like they just have to be. But I feel like at the top end, folks should just start their own services. And at the sort of long tail end of folks that get, you know, a few hundred views a video, maybe they get a few hundred subscribers, whatever. And believe me, there are lots of people like that out there. Lots of people like me. Uh, Again, like, what is YouTube getting you? Not a lot like just not a lot so maybe you could do something else build your own service uh there are certainly other video hosting companies out there you know there are other tools other than bunny where you could host videos and embed that in web pages however you want um but bunny seems really nice it's not that super technical i feel like you know anyone who's who has a bit of experience working on the web with any sort of, of hosting tools. Uh, I feel like I could sit down with them and, you know, in an hour or so help them dial in exactly what they want to get out of bunny, be able to post videos, be able to customize a player that looks really nice, be able to grab those embed codes and post them on, on whatever, you know, website, blogging, et cetera, tools they use already. Like it's not that hard. So here, here I am to tell you that if you want to roll your own video streaming service in 2024, it's possible. I've done it. You can too. 
you know, ultimately the problem with video on the internet, it, it's it's not really a technical issue. It, it's mainly about scaling and moderation and culture, right? The the scaling thing. Like video files are massive. Bandwidth is a lot if you get major traffic, you know. So so that's why I wouldn't recommend like literally saving video files just on your own little web server or whatever, right? Uh, use use a proper video CDN that is out there. They can handle the transcoding. They can handle the bandwidth. They can handle these massive files. And you know, sure, you gotta pay for that. You gotta pay, you know, a few bucks a month or maybe a few hundred bucks a month, depending on how much traffic you start getting. But yeah, it, it's it, scaling video is hard, but services out there can do it. And so I think we can make. We could make use of that. And yeah, if you pay for that rather than YouTube being free, uh, that is a thing. But I, I'm kind of sick of just using YouTube for free and dealing with all the other headaches that come with that. You know, if, if you're not paying for the product, you are the product, right? Um, I sort of circumvent that with YouTube, to be honest, because I do pay for YouTube Premium. But but that's not paying for it as a hosting company. That's just paying so I don't see ads, which, which is nice. Like, it is nice that YouTube has that feature. Um, but I just, I don't want to be tied to YouTube anymore. Uh, moderation is another issue. You know, the, the, the PeerTube rollout, I, I worry about how moderation may scale. Because, you know, as there are more PeerTube instances and as more people try to use PeerTube, how are operators going to handle moderation for all those video submissions? Uh, that that seems like a bigger problem than simply moderating, you know, on Mastodon or even PixelFed. And then there's the culture thing, too. Many people are trained to just go to YouTube for video, right? Or TikTok or whatever, but YouTube, right? Like, everybody goes to YouTube. Everybody seemingly is on YouTube. We We have the whole like and subscribe and hit that notification bell thing down, right? <laughs> so if you're a creator and you're not on YouTube, you might as well not exist in a certain sense. So there, there is that cultural issue. that That's perhaps the biggest one that's hard to overcome. Um, you know, again, if you're a part of that long tail where you don't have a lot of visibility yet on YouTube, uh, you have the ability to take a different road. You can you can grow your audience. You can grow uh, a, a sort of culture around what you're producing, uh, you know, from scratch the way you want. If, if you're somebody who already has, you know, thousands or tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of subscribers on YouTube, you know, you can't just suddenly turn on a dime and say like, eh, never mind, come over to my website at myawesomevideos.com and subscribe to my RSS feed or whatever, right? Like culturally people out there just aren't going to know what the hell you're doing. So, so this, this is a tricky one, but I think if, if you are starting now in 2024, kind of from scratch, starting to build an audience, I, I really think there's a road you can take to, you know, to, to leverage Mastodon, to leverage pixel fed, to leverage email newsletters, to leverage, uh, you know, services like discord for 
for creating uh, chat rooms around your content. Uh, there's just like a lot of different things you can do to kind of build an audience around what you're doing and then direct them to your videos that, you know, you set up the way you want. And maybe you syndicate some of those to YouTube. Maybe you don't. Maybe you syndicate like shorter videos to YouTube and say for the full video, join my membership over here. Like there's a lot of different ways you can slice it. Uh, I'm actually planning to do that with the spicy web. I'm going to be posting sort of teaser snippets of videos on YouTube and then say for the full video, you know, for all all the content I'm producing, you know, go here, sign up for the spicy web, that sort of thing. So we'll see how that works. I will report back as I experiment with this. And uh, yeah, it will be it'll be fascinating one way or another. It will be fascinating. All right, folks, that's it for today's main segment of Fresh Fusion for the full show for Fresh Fusion Plus. You will, of course, have to be an Intuitive Plus member. I hope you will consider joining over at plus.intuitivefuture.com. So stick around if you're a member for the Fresh Fusion Plus segment. If not, thanks so much for listening to Fresh Fusion. As always, you can go to jaredwhite.com slash podcast to check out previous episodes of the show and also check out my email newsletter, which is at jaredwhite.com slash creator dash class. Thanks for tuning in. And until next time, bye-bye.